episode 406, asking, is it worth reading about the Jewel of the Star series and the Flight of the Angels series? Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Hey there, it's me, Ben. Ben Avery. Welcome back to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. This is a podcast about the intersection of faith and fantasy. The nexus of science fiction and spirituality. And the intersection of creativity and Christianity. And for this episode, I'm actually going to be taking uh, some materials that I created for our YouTube channel and i am putting together for this episode to ask the question is it worth reading about two different book series that i reviewed on our youtube channel now on our youtube channel we ask the question is it worth reading about just christian sci-fi books and that means books uh that are science fiction and fantasy and that are created by by believers by christians and so this is especially kind of i mean all three of those things that i mentioned at the beginning of the episode the the sci-fi and spirituality the faith and fantasy the creativity and christianity all those things kind of get wrapped up together in one for these two book series before I get into that, before I play the audio from those two episodes, I do want to mention that uh, I also have now a new novel out right now, and it's called Ghosts of the Future. I've been talking about it for a long time, mentioning it here and there. Uh, it's out. It's finally out. And if you go to benavery.com slash ghosts, that'll take you to a place where you can order the book. Uh, you can order it directly from me, or you can order it from Amazon. And if you go to just amazon.com and, and type in Ghosts of the Future, I don't think you have to put in my name anymore, but you might have to, Ghosts of the Future, Ben Avery. But um, it's a science fiction book, and it, again, is, is hopefully a part of that uh, intersection and nexus between uh, my faith and my my creativity. Now, it's not the most overt Christian science fiction book you're ever going to read, uh, but there, my worldview is there, and I'm very excited about this book because it is a chance for um, me to just do something that was just for myself. It was not for a publisher. It's published by my new imprint, uh, Onward and Upward Media, which might be uh, having some more uh, product coming out, especially uh, I'm especially excited about an anthology that I'm working on with 28 different authors. Although no, one of them is co-written by another by two people. So, yeah, 29 authors total, but um, it's all time travel stories that get their inspiration from the Ecclesiastes a time to series of of verses and series of um, statements that that were made in that book. So I'm excited about that. But right now. What we have out is Ghosts of the Future, which is about a working class uh, cargo ship and how they get in over their head with uh, when they investigate an anomaly and find a planetoid that time works weird on. And then there's also a battleship coming pretty much just intent on destroying them. And so they're caught between a rock and a hard place. And so that is uh, my new book. It's coming out or it's come out, I should say. Very excited about it. And honestly, one way you can support this podcast is by just uh, going and ordering that book because, you know, we don't have advertising anymore. And usually when we did do advertising, it was uh, kind for kind. We were advertising so that we could get artwork done for our podcast and things like that. So anyway, uh, yeah, 
that said, I have two book series that are are uh, I'm just very excited about. And actually, these authors who did these two book series are both uh, going to be part of the anthology that I was talking about, the Time for Everything anthology. Uh, but we have the um, uh, Hornet's Nest and Flight of the Angels, which are two novels by um, the Rainies, and we had an interview with them long, long ago, but I did a review of them, uh, these two books. And then there's the Jewel of the Stars series, which is three books by Adam David Collings, who was recently on the podcast uh, to talk about Picard Season 3. So without any further ado, I'm going to play that audio, and then I'll be back in, I guess, about a little less than half an hour. We'll see. I can't remember how long those episodes are, so... Hey everyone, I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and this is Strangers and Aliens. Strangers and Aliens is a podcast over at strangersandaliens.com, but it's also this YouTube channel right here that you're watching right now. And we talk about the intersection of faith and Christianity and science fiction and fantasy. And basically, how does all that faith stuff, the spiritual side of things, mix up with the imaginative side of things? And that's what I'm doing here with this series called Is It Worth Reading? I'm taking a look at Christian science fiction books and just asking, is it worth spending your time, your valuable time, and maybe even a little bit of your valuable money on reading this book? And the reason I'm doing that is because there is, yes, a lot of Christian science fiction that is out there, a lot of Christian fiction, a lot of Christian art that's out there that's not great. There's a lot that is, don't get me wrong, but that's what this is about. It's trying to find the stuff that is worth reading and worth spending your time with. And so what I'm talking about today is, uh, it's a book, but it's actually two books. And the book that I read for today is called Hornet's Nest, written by Aaron and Alan Rainey, uh, father-son writing duo. But, you know, when I read this and thought about my review for it for this this uh, video, it got me thinking about another book that I've read before called If You Give a Mouse a Cookie. And the answer to the question, you know, is you're talking about if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to ask for some milk and then he's going to need this and he's going to need that. And it didn't make me think of if you give a mouse a cookie because of the long rabbit trail that that children's book takes. That's really fun and funny, especially if you have children that like fun and funny things. But if you give a mouse this book, <laughs> they're going to want the other one. OK, and so this book that I'm talking about today Hornet's Nest is actually the sequel to Flight of the Angels. So I really need to talk about them both together. And if you read Flight of the Angels, you're going to want Hornet's Nest. And, you know, it took a few years to get there, but I actually read Flight of the Angels a long time ago. And when I was thinking about this series, I was like, wait a minute. I know that there's a second one in that series. I should read that second one in the series for this series that I'm doing here. Because Flight of the Angels was a Christian science fiction book that is it worth reading? The answer is yes, I really enjoyed it. And so I thought I'm gonna give Hornet's Nest a try and find out if that is worth reading. And I'm doing this video, so you probably have figured out the answer. Is it worth reading? Yes, yes it is. And it's not as homework, okay? now. I probably wouldn't call anything written in the 2000s science fiction homework because, well, there's just so much of it. And a lot of the groundbreaking things have been done. There are a couple things that I could probably think of. The Martian might be one. But 
This is not homework. I'm not saying that Flight of the Angels and Hornet's Nest is worth reading if you like Christian science fiction and it's homework. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying it's actually a really good book. It's actually a really good series of two books that is they're currently working on the third one. Now, like I said, Aaron and Alan Rainey are the father-son duo behind the book. They write the books together. And I actually interviewed them on my podcast, Strangers and Aliens, uh, the audio podcast. It's in episode number 58. If you go to strangersandaliens.com, just search for angels. There'll be a link in the description below for this video as well. But I, I talked with them just about the book, the writing process, and everything that they were doing. And full disclosure, I forgot that they said that they were going to do this, but they uh, did tell me when uh, Hornet's Nest first came out that they mentioned me in the afterward, and they do. And that that's not why I'm saying that this is worth reading. Okay, it's a nice bonus when I got to the end and I'm reading through, I'm like, oh, I'm looking at my iPad because I read it digitally. But um, as I was reading through it, I was like, oh, I forgot they said they're going to do that. That's cool. You know, and they were just thanking me for the podcast interview. I guess I was their first podcast interview, which is kind of fun. But point being, as, even though I'm connected to them in some small way, uh, that's not why I'm saying that uh, Hornet's Nest and Flight of the Angels is worth reading. Uh, it's worth reading because as I look at like my, I, I do a quadrant of, of things that I use to judge art. All right. So my quadrant actually has five parts. Uh, so the fifth part is something I added later on as just a fun part. And it's literally actually just, did I have fun? And that's what I kind of look at when I'm trying to figure out maybe a five-star rating and look at these different four, four things. Plus, did I have fun with it? You know, because something could be awful, but it's still fun, right? Well, my quadrant is I, I take a look at uh, style. I take a look at plot. I take a look at characters. I take a look at themes. And if I have good things to say about those four things, if those four things resound with me, if the style really engages me or if the story is really exciting or if the characters are interesting or if the themes you know they if the themes engage with me uh those are all things i'm going to use f uh when i do a review to decide how i'm going to talk about this and what what are the, some of the things i'm going to talk about and sometimes in my podcast when i'm talking about something i'll just say hey as we're talking about this you want to just talk about the quadrants and yeah because it makes it easy easy categories to talk about and then there's the fun part so yeah is Flight of the Angels, is Hornet's Nest, are these two books worth reading? Based on style, I would say yes. It's a readable style. It's an exciting and engaging style, and it just it kept me wanting to read more. Uh, I, I didn't find myself uh, reading slowly because I had to mull over things, but I also didn't find myself just breezing through because it was uh, just really simple. It's not simplistic writing, but it is readable, and it's it, it was something that I found myself enjoying the read. The plot itself also for both of these books, but specifically for Hornet's Nest, because that's, I guess, technically what's going to be up on the on the thumbnail. But uh, the plot was also engaging and interesting. And there's some fun things going on. The basic idea of the plot is that someone is sending out robots to destroy uh, Christians who have gone to other planets and gone to different colonies. And it's a... Uh, persecution of Christians by this government that has some shady people who are doing some shady things with some powerful, I mean, I'm calling it robots, so that's kind of simplifying things. But anyway, and you've got the good guys who are trying to help people and save people and save themselves as well in the process. 
So that, the storyline though, it, it got me in, it pulled me in, and now I'm talking about Hornets Nest specifically with that plot. The Flight of the Angels was also enjoyable, it pulled me in. Um, the characters are also engaging and fun. I actually like spending time with some of the characters, some more than others, but that's actually meant to be. The one character that I found myself not really liking that much, you're not supposed to like him that much because he's not making great decisions. And so that's a part of his character arc. So it's a good thing. So the characters, I, I like the characters. And then you have the themes. And the themes, there's a lot of stuff about faith in there. There's lots, there's stuff about trusting God. There's stuff about like being drawn to God and being, you know, um, kind of being in a pre-Christian state. And then there's also some what ifs there. And one of the things, uh, when we talked about Moonfall, that's what it was. Moonfall, not the greatest movie in the world, but it did have some interesting science fiction ideas. And one of the things that it did do with its, I almost will call it the B plot, but I think the intention of it was for, that was the idea, the moon is falling and what's going to happen with the people on Earth, but that kind of became the B plot because more interesting stuff was happening with the team that was trying to stop the moon. But you're asking yourself the question, what if I was there? And what if there this was happening? And what if, as this stuff was happening around, would I help people? Would I trust people? You know, you had people who were helping each other get to safety, but you had other people who were like, I need to get to safety, so I'm going to take your gas, you know, things like that. And it's the same kind of thing when you're watching any kind of zombie apocalypse, when you're watching Walking Dead or something like that, and you're asking yourself, what would I do if I was put in that situation where it is life and death? And that's what happens here is you've got these questions of, of what if, what would you do if? And what would you do if you're faced with this kind of persecution where they are, you know, literally basing these life or death decisions about you, depending on what you believe and what you're willing to say that you believe, or if you're willing to say you don't anymore. Um, and then there's also the idea of, of resistance and resisting against um, persecution and helping people who are being persecuted. And so then there's also that idea of rebellion, rebelling against a corrupt government. And when is that okay? And when, how far are you supposed to go? And so that's what I found myself engaging with as I was reading this story. And I found it to be just a fun read. Now, one of the things I'll say is um, I was uh, on their website. I think they put a, a brief little thing from me uh, from Strangers and Aliens where I said something about how it was like part Star Wars, part Blade Runner. And that's because there was some corporate espionage things going on. Actually, that's in the first book, Flight of the Angels, that was going on. There's some of that still in, in Hornet's Nest. But when re I was reading Hornet's Nest, the stuff that I started thinking about more for Hornet's Nest were Babylon 5, Battlestar Galactica, and, and Star Wars. Now, the idea of Star Wars, because a lot of the action that was going on, and it just felt like a, a Star Wars kind of action. Uh, the Battlestar Galactica thing that kind of stuck with me was kind of new Battlestar Galactica with the the military adventure, the the uh, military sci-fi stuff that was going on. And then for Babylon 5, uh, just finished Babylon 5 again. And um, I do want to ask season 5's forgiveness for uh, just not thinking well of it and not treating it well, not speaking well of it. Babylon 5, season 5, you are better than I remembered. And while you're not as great as season three and season four, you are a very good season of science fiction. And I'm willing to declare now Babylon 5 as the greatest science fiction TV series ever.
but that's probably another topic for another time. <laughs> These two books reminded me of Babylon 5 because of the politics stuff that was going on and because of just the, I mean, it's, it's galactic politics that you have regular people who are involved in and you have regular people who are affected by it. And you also have that, that military side of things where they are these, this group of angels. They are not angels, but they call themselves angels. That's their, their flight group is, and they, they fly around in fighter ships. And so there's your Star Wars kind of action. And then you also have them, like I said, dealing with the political stuff that's going on that is very bad for them. So, and then you also, in the midst of all this, have a conspiracy of someone they don't know who, but someone has betrayed them and they need to figure out what's going on with that because they are hiding and they're in hiding. And if they are discovered, it will be very, very bad news for them. And so you have that thread running through it as well. So Flight of the Angels and the second book, uh, Hornet's Nest, are they worth reading? Yes, they are worth reading. They're worth your time. I really enjoyed them. And you can find their website, flightoftheangels.com, but you can also find these books on Amazon where you can get a Kindle copy or a paper copy. And I, I say, run, don't walk, go get these books. I think you'll enjoy them. If you like military sci-fi, if you like Star Wars, if you like a dose of spirituality in there, then you're, you're going to like these books. But back to my uh, earlier comparison to if you give a mouse a cookie. Alan, Aaron, I'm looking at you guys. If you give a Ben a flight of the angels, he's going to want a hornet's nest because he's going to want to know what's happening next. And if you give a Ben a hornet's nest, He's going to want whatever's next. So come on, guys. I really want to see what you have next in store for your angels, all right? And I would say to you readers, that's probably the one drawback is when you get to the end of Horton's Nest, you're going to want to know what comes next. So a good problem to have. So until next time, I want to say thank you so much for spending time with me here. Again, you can find the podcast over at strangersandaliens.com or just look up Strangers and Aliens wherever you get your podcasts. Episode 58 is when I interviewed the authors of this book. And you can also find many, many more topics. I do want to ask you to, what is it that they say, smash the like button. I wouldn't literally smash the like button because that would harm your device or your computer. But that is what they say, and so that is what I'm going to say. Smash that like button and smash that subscribe button. And I want to thank you again for spending time with me and just talking about books. If you have any other recommendations for me, some people have left some comments with a couple recommendations. And if you have any recommendations for me of any Christian sci-fi, uh, leave it in the comments below. I love to hear because I am actively seeking out more science fiction books to read and I still have my question out to you about Charles Williams. If anyone is familiar with Charles Williams and his five um, urban fantasy, contemporary fantasy books that he wrote, um, I wanted some help looking for which one of those five books should I read. And if, I, if no one answers the question, I'm just going to have to just choose one randomly, I guess, and go from there. But again, until next time, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for spending time with me. And as you go on your journeys, Godspeed.
when Star Trek The Next Generation first came out, they made jokes about it. And by they, I mean, we made jokes about it when I was in high school being like the love boat in space. Because let's face it, Captain Picard looked a little bit like Captain Steubing. But what if there was a science fiction series that really was the love boat in space? That's the book I'm going to talk about right now, or rather the books I'm going to talk about right now. As I ask the question, is it or are they worth reading? Hey everyone, I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and this is Strangers and Aliens. And one of the things I like to do on Strangers and Aliens, the podcast and the video feed, is to shine a spotlight on Christian creators who work with science fiction, fantasy, comic books, you know, all the the fun, geeky nerd stuff. And so one of the ways we do it is we'll bring them on as guests on the podcast. One of the ways we'll do it is I'll do a spotlight with the is it worth reading. And that's what I want to do today is I want to just shine that spotlight on someone who's been on the the podcast before and someone who I've been able to do some video stuff with him before. But this is the first time that I've actually sat down to review his books. And it's a series of books that I'm I'm just going to jump into it right now and say, yes, it's worth reading for sure. It's worth reading. The author is Adam David Collings and the book series is Jewel of the Stars. And I made the joke about what if someone actually did write a book that was the love boat in space or the love boat uh, crossed with Battlestar Galactica or whatever you might say. The thing of it is, uh, I didn't know until I was actually talking to him on on my podcast where we did an episode. He and I talked about Picard season three. And at the end of the episode, I was like, hey, let's talk about your book a little bit. Um, What I didn't know was that uh, he actually did have a little bit of inspiration from The Love Boat. We'll talk about that in a minute. But The Jewel of Stars is written to be like a TV series. And I guess that would be one kind of inspiration from the love boat but it's written to be like a tv series which is meant to feel like you are uh, watching or in this case reading a an episode in in the tv series and i really do feel like as i was reading this one comparison i would make to the jewel of the stars and and a science fiction tv series would be battlestar galactica or stargate universe or even star trek voyager where you have a ship that is ill-equipped to do what it needs to do to survive get thrown into a situation that is just terrible but they're also cut off from the rest of humanity. Now, Battlestar Galactica, they're not cut off from the rest of humanity because they are (laughs) the rest of humanity. But um, it just made me think of those kind of shows where it's just one core group against the galaxy, so to speak. And what happens is you have a cast of characters who are on a um, luxury cruise liner (laughs) In space. Now, it's not quite what you would expect if you have uh, already read Douglas Adams' Starship Titanic, which is <laughs> has a, a similar premise where it's it's about the uh, the luxury cruise liner in space, which I also... Is this worth reading? Yes, it is. Even though Douglas Adams didn't write it, Terry Jones, one of the Monty Python guys, he did write it, and it is definitely written with Douglas Adams' voice 
I mean, you can you can see the traces of his voice, but it's based on a computer game that Douglas Adams wrote. So while Douglas Adams wrote the computer game, Terry Jones took the computer game, took the ideas, and and turned it into a novel, uh, which is itself the game and the novel are based on a throwaway gag at the beginning of I think one chapter in one of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy books about the the, the way that the Starship Titanic disappeared. But anyway. And this is another luxury liner book that is definitely worth reading. But back to Jewel of the Stars, which is the name of the cruise liner. They're going on their regular just cruise through space for sightseeing and for traveling and for tourists. And then war breaks out. And it's not just war that breaks out. It is a war that cuts them off from humanity, that quite possibly has destroyed humanity. It's bad which is a good premise to take your characters, start them out with regular life and then cast them into bad new normal. There are three episodes that are out right now. One is earth remnant. One is a new reality. And then the third one, which I do not have in paper form, but I do have in digital form for my Kindle Kindle app. I should say the legacy of war. And each one of these plays out like an episode of a television series. And one of the things that I did appreciate about it as I was reading was it felt like a television series. This really does feel like the pilot episode of a TV series that I want to see. Of course, I got to see it in my mind. And then I got the second episode. And then I got the third episode. And now I'm. it's the if you give a mouse a cookie syndrome. If you give a Ben a great book. He's going to want a sequel. I want book four. I want book four. <laughs> the characters are fun. And speaking of characters, there is a primary crew that are in the, that main cast of characters. But then this is the inspiration that I was you know, surprised. Obviously, if you have a cruise liner that's going through space, you're going to have the, the feeling of, okay, well, it's Battlestar Galactica mixed with the love boat. But it doesn't have to be the love boat. I mean, honestly, the premise itself is a premise that's really fantastic. When I was talking to Adam about his book, he said that he was inspired in some ways by the episodic nature of The Love Boat, where in The Love Boat you have guest stars for every episode. So you have the main crew, you have Captain Steubing, you have Julie, you have Gopher, you have the Doctor and the other characters that I can't remember their names that are there for the entire series, you know, they're every single episode. And then you have the guest stars. And so you have uh, Mr. Howell from Gilligan's Island and you have maybe William Shatner and you have uh, maybe the dad from eight is enough. And they're all in with their three different storylines. And one of the cool things about the love boat that when I was rewatching it recently <laughs> was to see multiple writers, like each of those segments was actually its own short story. And they had a writer who was just writing 20 minutes of a story that would be cut between all these three different stories uh, that are taking place on the boat all at the same time. It's not that I'm binge watching the love boat or anything, but it was on TV. So anyway, he took inspiration from that by having kind of uh, a different one or two different uh, passengers who is a focus on uh, part of the book as well. And so you have the captain of the ship, you have the doctor, you have these different characters who are 
playing their parts. But then you also have some subplots that are dealing with other people who are on the ship who aren't quote unquote main cast. One drawback to that is there's a character in book one who I was really hoping to see more of in book two, held out hope in book three, and now I'm just waiting to see what happens in, in book four. The other thing that Adam does as he's taking a look at the stories is he does some some logical B plots where it's like what would really happen on a, a situation like that where food is scarce and energy is limited. And so it reminds me a little bit then of uh, the arc, which is a series that I recently talked about on this YouTube channel where every episode of that show, there was some sort of not necessarily a full on disaster, but some sort of disaster that they had to deal with. So they had to deal with, you know, figuring out how are we going to have the energy to do the things that we need to do? Or how are we going to make food last for the entire ship uh, crew when we came out of stasis too early? And so now we need sustenance, but we don't have enough sustenance. We only have enough for like the last two weeks of the journey and we now have a two year journey ahead of us. And so there's some stuff like that happening here where you have like people taking it in their own hands to go out and steal the food. And you have uh, them, you know, taking some risks and going and going places where they wouldn't have gone before because that's kind of a dangerous place to go. There were aliens that were seen there before. And so now they're going there to try and, and get you know energy cells or whatever from another ship or something like that. And so you have that stuff all going on in this while they're also just trying to survive and just trying to stay alive. And just some really, really interesting subplots that he's weaving through all this. And then, of course, like any good TV series, especially modern TV series, you have the season-long or series-long mystery that's going on and so this is similar to what would happen with you know star trek voyager where every episode there was a new planet of the week or monster of the week or problem of the week but then there's also that constant constant problem of we want to get home we need to get home the mysteries are slowly being revealed and it's nice because when he does reveal something that gives you some answers to the mystery there's also some more questions to the mystery. And so I just have to say, uh, even though Adam has been on my podcast, I took part in the book launch for Legacy of War, where he had a bunch of other writers come on and do some um, talking with him. And he did some interviews and things like that. I can't say I'm unbiased, all right? Other than to say, I read this. I enjoyed it. I want more. If you give a Ben a book... <laughs> Uh, and I recommend it. Is it worth reading Jewel of the Stars, book one, two, and three? Yes, they are worth reading. They're a lot of fun. There's a lot of interesting plot stuff going on. There's interesting characters. The style, I, it's very readable. All things considered, Jewel of the Stars, check it out. It is available for... I think it's not just on Amazon with Kindle. I, I'm pretty sure it's available for other um, ways to read digitally. But then there's also, for me, the print versions were my um, first choice. So all that said, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. Definitely check this out. Check out links in the show notes because if you do and click on those links, that's one way to support Strangers and Aliens as a podcast and support me as a content creator. And so, until next time, I've been Ben, 
Ben Avery. This has been Strangers and Aliens. And I just want to wish you, wherever you go, whatever you do to get there, even if you are found lost in the middle of the galaxy, aliens all around you who are hostile and want to kill you, I still want to wish you Godspeed. And I'm back. Uh, welcome back to the present, which for you is also still the past because I recorded this in your past. But anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for spending time with me as I talk about and geek out about books that I just really, really enjoy. Now, I may have interactions with these authors. I may have a relationship with these authors. But the reason that they are part of my video series, Is It Worth Reading, is because I truly believe those books are worth reading. I also want to remind you, you can go to benavery.com slash ghosts or just go to Amazon and just search for Ghosts of the Future uh, and you can find my new novel. Is it worth reading? I hope so. <laughs> I really do. I enjoyed writing it. I enjoyed reading it. And there have been a few people already who have given me feedback about it, who it hit them in just the right way as far as, you know, just bringing big ideas to the story and having an exciting story. And, you know, it's a, a novel about mystery and discovery. And so it's hit people in the right way. I don't know if it's hit every person in the right way because I haven't talked to everyone. But enough people have, have given me feedback that they liked it that I'm, I feel like, okay, good. There's people out there who are like me and who like the stuff that I look, like. And, uh, yeah, frankly, I wrote that book, Ghosts of the Future, because I wanted to write a book that I wanted to read. So, anyway, I'm not sure what's coming up next on the podcast. I do know that um, it's a busy season for me and for Evan and for Steve, uh, but it's also a big season for movies. And so the Flash movie and the Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse movie. Those are two movies that I do not want to do a solo episode about. Dungeons and Dragons and Mario. Yeah, you know what? I didn't feel too bad doing a solo movie about those movies. But Evan especially needs to be a part of that Flash movie. And I just, I'm not doing that one alone because I need to have, I need to know what he's thinking. I need to know what Evan thought about that movie. I wish I could have seen that movie with him and been in the theater with him to hear him talk <laughs> at the screen. Uh, I just wish I could have heard what, what words came out of his mouth as things were happening in that movie. So, yeah. So hopefully that'll be our next episode. Uh, I do have a couple more Is It Worth Reading videos that I uh, am thinking about compiling as well into a, an episode for Strangers and Aliens. We'll see. But uh, this summer, it's a busy summer, and so I, I want to get content out. I want to put out content that hopefully has some value for you. So, yeah, with all that said, I just again want to thank you for spending time with me. Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David. Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter where we are at strangeandalien or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 
804-374-3781. And once again, thanks for listening. Let's face it, Captain Picard looked a little bit like Captain Steubing.